You realize I'm only a number four, right? No, you're not. Yes, I am. You are? Yep. Hey, you remember this one time where we started a podcast <laughs> and I couldn't count? Let's revisit that again, okay? <laughs> we made a list once again, and we shouldn't make lists probably because, you know, who doesn't do well on lists? Me. <laughs> Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we are going to be celebrating Valentine's Day by talking about our favorite book romances. We each have 10, with only a few overlapping, which is pretty impressive for us, not going to lie. And we're going to go back and forth. We're going to do about, oh yeah, because we each have 10, that's right. So we're going to do 10 in the first half and 10 in the second half. We're going to try to stay as spoiler-free as possible, but some of the couples do occur later in series, so we won't gush too much about it. I mean, like, the couples that we're mentioning, you you saw them coming, like, a mile away, so you won't be surprised when we mention them. All right. Do you want to start? Sure. So, the one I'm going to start with is from one of my favorite urban fantasy series. It is the Alex Vera series by Benedict Jacka, and the couple that I love is Alex and Anne. And I don't know, it's kind of weird to say this, like they both have a dark and traumatizing past, but fundamentally they're still these amazing, sweet, caring people. And they care so deeply about one another and that they weren't, you know, it wasn't that typical, oh, I love her and I love him. I need him. Let me go kiss him. They're, they were friends and they organically grew into a relationship. And that's my favorite kind of love story. And I also, they're both of my favorite characters. So when your favorite characters get together, also a big one for me. Yeah, Yeah, that's always a nice one to see. What about you? The first one on my list is actually Uva and Sonia from A Man Called Uve by Frederick Bachman. And they are just that beautiful opposites attract pair because Uva is so antisocial, and he just falls head over heels in love with Sonia, who's bright and social and so full of life. But she also falls just as hard for him, because she sees his quiet, hardworking, and honest ways, and she loves that. I adore the appreciation and care they have for each other in their differences. Uh, One of my favorite things about them is that he would get on a train going the opposite way after his shift just to sit with her and talk with her. I know. And from anyone else, that probably would have been creepy. But from him, it was incredibly sweet. I love that part. Oh, that is such a good couple. I am, I almost was going to mention them, but I was like, I'm going to try to dig deep into my past. So the next couple I have is from... Basically, my favorite series I've ever read, which is the Heralds of Voldemort series by Mercedes Lackey. And I'm specifically speaking about the first trilogy, which is called Heralds of the Queen, which focuses on Talia and Dirk. Talia is the main character, and Dirk, if I remember correctly, is not in the first novel, but in the second and third novel. And they actually don't become, well, they become married at the end of the third novel, but you Trust me, I'm not spoiling anything for you. And they really become a couple towards the last half of that novel. 
But, like, one thing that I love about Mercedes Lackey is that she's very good at not shying away from her characters having flaws. Like, Dirk, honestly, was a crappy communicator, had some major issues, like, before they even got together. And you're just like, really, buddy? Like, you gotta talk or something. And then Celia was abused as a child, so she's, like, scared of guys in general. Which she kind of grows out of as you grow stronger in her abilities. But just, you know, you have these two not-perfect people who, again, they're friends. And they start off as friends. And they're friends for a while. And then, once again, they organically grow into a relationship. That's so, so nice. It was. I, I really enjoyed that trilogy. What about your next one? My next one is Audrey and James from Flight Girls by Noelle Salazar. And I know you personally didn't super appreciate the romance in this one because it was pretty sickly sweet. But I actually adored that part of it because I really like a very sweet romance, even if it is a little too sugary sometimes. And I just so wholeheartedly appreciated how supportive James was of Audrey's dreams and what she wanted to do with her life, and never once questioned, are you sure you can do that because you're a woman, like every other man in her life. Hmm. So it was just, it was a very refreshing male lead to have in a World War II novel. And I love that she was equally supportive of his dreams, and how just equal, like, how on even footing they were with each other. It wasn't one of them was better than the other or anything like that. They were so compatible and so good together. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, you know, I didn't like not like them. You know, like I thought it was one of the better romances I have read. I know, but like I loved it so much. I was literally bouncing in my seat with happiness as I read it. Like that's how much I loved it. Okay, I was not quite like that at all. I know. <laughs> like it was a good it was a good relationship romance but uh, yeah no yeah it just it gave me the fuzzy warm feelings that made me do the little bounce in my seat it was great oh that's sweet I'm glad that you did so the next one for me is Vines and Lady Sybil from Guards Guards by Terry Pratchett I love their relationship because it wasn't a traditional relationship once again as long as it's not lovey-dovey and super romancy I love it I love Lady Sybil because she takes nothing from no one and she whipped Vimes into shape, which was great for him because she's an awesome influence in his life and made him, you know, from a good cop, kind of, okay, who kind of was a terrible cop to an actual good cop and good leader. And she has dragons, even though they're swamp dragons, that's fine. And Vimes does dote on her and they're awkward, but they're adorable. I loved their relationship. Mm-hmm. It was so sweetly awkward. <laughs> I just love their dynamic. They're quite delightful. They are. Well, my next one is Nick and Rachel from Crazy Rich Asians by Kevin Kwan. These two are just wholesome. They're a great team. They really stand by each other through everything that goes on through the trilogy. There's a lot of stuff that goes on through the trilogy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But they're always there for each other. Nick chooses Rachel over his family, which is 
a huge deal. And they're just so wholesome. They're smart. They've got their degrees. They're happy living their quiet lives. And they just they just want to be together and be happy. And that's so refreshing to see. <laughs> Especially I, in a series that is a drama. <laughs> you know? That's true. Well, I mean, it's a funny drama. Right? It's a funny drama. But still, the main two characters that you're initially introduced to have this wonderful, wholesome relationship. And it's just... It's refreshing to see. Yeah, I do strongly enjoy them. They were a wonderful couple. For sure. Alright, who's next on your list? Well, I'm jumping into The Mercyverse by Patricia Briggs. And I am really fond. I had, I had to figure out who is my favorite couple, you know, in this world. And it's definitely Mercy and Adam. Like, I love, once again... Once again, the friendship that turns into a romance. But also, you know, in the first two books, she's always like, she appreciates him as, you know, physically as, you know, he's a very handsome man, you know, intelligence because he's very smart, you know, and she just like this whole wonderful package of Adam. And I love because, you know, we're in Mercy's head. So we're hearing her talk about him and you're like, you know, this scary teddy bear of a werewolf. I like him too. <laughs> I also love that when they get married, they become a blended family because Adam has a daughter and Mercy is an amazing stepmother to her. And I love seeing that relationship and seeing how well they work together. Yeah. I love the friendship and how much they fostered it over how many books. It's very much a slow burn kind of thing for them. Yep. And it was great. That's exactly how I like my relationships to be in books for sure who's your number four all right so my next one is opal and nick from the dfz series by rachel aaron and the small but fierce one and the scary teddy bear is just my otp anytime anywhere if you give me that pairing in a book i'm there for it i don't know what it is about that specific pairing I just, I adore it so much. And Opal and Nick are no exception to this. She is very small and fierce, and he is definitely a scary teddy bear. And I really just appreciate how quickly he comes to back her up and follows all of her crazy plans and helps her in any way he possibly can, because he's actually been in love with her for a while since the beginning of the, since before the series started. And it was actually really a crush, but then once he started working with her, it turned into real love for him, and she fell in love with him as well. And so it was really cute to see that play out between them. I just, I love their dynamic. I love all her crazy schemes, <laughs> and how he just goes along with them. And he's like, yeah, sure, okay, we can make that work. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely had to look up what OTP meant. I'm like, one-time password? I'm like, why are you talking about a one-time password? This is not an IT podcast. And I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh. So for those of you who are like me in IT and you're like, why is she talking about passwords? Uh, Abby is not. Abby is talking about a one true pairing. Just so you know. Oh, Mo, you need to read more fan fiction. I'm... Listen, my fan fiction years were from grade seven to about freshman year in high school. And then I just 
went to school and worked, and that was the end of fan fiction for me. But, I mean, you don't know about the cinnamon roll. You don't know what an OTP is. I just... What's it hurts the, my heart. Wait, what's the cinnamon roll? The cinnamon roll, that really sweet character that just needs to be protected. I like cinnamon rolls. Of We've both been times. over this before. I, I, I can't remember this <laughs> stuff. <sighs> okay. I'm sorry I used terminology that you weren't prepared for. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I appreciate you trying. <sighs> so, yes, they are just fantastic. I love the dynamic of the small, fierce one and the scary teddy bear and uh, everything about them is just so great. <laughs> What's your next one? Well, my final one for this half is Charles and Anna from Mercyverse. Again, another Mercyverse characters, but they're from Alpha and Omega with some cameos in the main Mercyverse books. So I do and highly, I guess it's my OTP or whatever nonsense Abby's trying to say that some of my favorite couples are the scary teddy bear and the small but fierce. Except, and like Anna grows into a small but fierce. She's kind of fragile to start with. But she has a strong spirit for all the crap that she went through. Which, if you have not read the short story where they meet, you should. Because it's a great start to that whole saga. I actually read the Alpha and Omega series for, like, there were, like, three books out at the time. Not realizing that there was a short story before all that happened to explain how they met. (laughs) It's a very weird beginning for that first book if you haven't read the short story. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, because without the short story, you're just like, I clearly missed something, but I don't know what. Huh. That was the feeling I got into for the, like the first few chapters, because I'm like, there's clearly something that happened that I was not privy to at the start on page one. Well, how interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. Yes, and then eventually I did go back and go, oh, there's a short story about how they met. That's going to fill in some blanks for me. Interesting. I nod. Okay. Yes. Yes, they are also the next ones on my list, too. Oh, well, what a surprise that we like some of the same romances. What a crazy notion. I know. <laughs> I really liked watching Anna work through all her trauma with Charles right there, just being 100% supportive and doing anything she needed to help her work around it and move past it and just watching their relationship grow as Anna becomes that small fierce one because you don't usually get to see a girl become the small fierce one she's usually already that when you meet her so it was just a bit of a different take and I really enjoyed that about her and I love how once you get a couple books into the series and it's got more confidence and Charles being the wonderful, supportive, scary teddy bear that he is, lets her take point and just kind of, like, stands in the background looking scary. <laughs> I mean, but isn't that nice, though? Like, you, you're you this small, fierce little werewolf, and then you have your big, bad werewolf right behind you. Take care of it's so cute! It is. It's everything that I love seeing in a relationship. <laughs> And they have a really great relationship. I love reading about Charles and Anna. I like just, I know like there's all these grand adventures and grand schemes and grand plots, but sometimes I just like to read about them. Yeah, Charles is hands down my favorite character in the Mercyverse. He's just, well, he's complex. He has just a great backstory. 
He's just a really interesting character. Well, and he's a good person. Right? It's like, he's a great character and a good person. And he's got all these awesome traits, and he's just... He's so cool. He's my favorite. <laughs> so, yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, that is the first half of our Valentine's Day episode where we talk about our favorite romances. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we're going to jump through the other five for Abby and five for me. And we'll see you in a minute. Talk to you in a minute, guys. I'm Kayla. And I'm Haley. And we host a podcast we majored in English for this. It's a weekly show on YA fiction and tomfoolery. Join us each week as we rant, rave, and recap your favorite young adult fiction books. You can find us on all your favorite streaming platforms. And now back to your show. Welcome back, guys. And this will be the second half of both of our lists. The first one for me is Cinder and Kai from The Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer. I just love the instant attraction and the mutual awkwardness that is their relationship. Because <laughs> they're such, they're both such dorks, but they're both so cute about it. <laughs> and they have such mutual respect and trust that's built over the series, despite all the craziness that they go through. Uh, it's so sweet to watch. And yes, Kai is a cinnamon roll. Remember that. If I say there's a cinnamon roll character, think Kai. Okay, okay. So Kai is a cinnamon roll. I mean, he, yes. he's delicious in all ways, so that sounds great. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but, yeah, his cinnamon rollness and just Cinder's natural-born leadership and their dynamic is just so wonderful. It's so respectful and trusting and the adorable awkwardness. <laughs> Marissa Meyer did a very phenomenal job writing them as a couple. Oh, 100%. And I say that because they actually are the couple that's first on my list for the second half. So I would definitely say they're not quite friends to romance. They're more like instantly we're attracted to one another, but we're very awkward <coughs> because we're teenagers. And we got to save the world. And we kind of like each other at the same time. How do we navigate this? You know, they have a lot going on at once. Mm-hmm. But I'm a sucker for young adult romances like this. Like, I love this. Like, it's pure and funny. It's awkward, like you said. But it's an enjoyable ride. You get that endorphin rush as you read it. And you're just like, I love you both. Like, you're just wonderful for one another. Oh, agreed. And, of course, Cinder is the heroine. And she brings Kai along for the ride. And he's just like, okay. Let's save the world. And I'm like, yes, yes, let's do it. I love it. Yes. If you guys have not read The Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer, I cannot, cannot recommend those books, like, at all. Like, you, you should read them. They are something I tell everyone to read if they haven't. Yes. There's a reason we both have them in our top ten favorites. And why they keep showing up on, like, everything. Yeah, because they're great examples of everything. <laughs> They are definitely some of my most favorite crafted young adult novels. Yes, for sure. I have not read another young adult series that has quite stood up to Lunar Chronicles. I completely agree. So my next couple is from the Zion Covenant series by Bodie and Brock Thone. And it's Alyssa and John Murphy. 
And this couple, if I had to appoint to a couple that birthed my love for the arranged marriage trope, it would probably be this couple. This is a World War II series following Alyssa. She is a violinist in the Vienna Orchestra, and John Murphy is an American reporter who happens to get stuck in Europe as World War II is beginning. So they actually end up with one of those marriages that is to protect Alyssa because she is part Jewish, even though she doesn't look it because she has blonde hair. But by marrying an American, it makes her an American. So technically, she is protected by being an American. And that's the whole reason that they get married. But it's actually a really sweet relationship. It starts out basically as a business proposal. And it just like, it slowly builds throughout the series to become a real marriage for them. And it's very sweet to see it evolve and watch all the struggles they go through because the first book is right before World War II starts. And then the rest of the series is during the war. And I just, I really enjoy, enjoyed watching how their relationship progressed and became more than what it started out as. And the first book is called Vienna Prelude. That sounds really interesting. It is. It is a wonderful World War II series. If I wasn't so burnt out on World War II series lately, I would jump all over that. Oh, I know. I need you to read this one, like, next year. You know, we can discuss next year. Next year's a good time. Yes. I just... I really don't want you to be burnt out on World War II when you read this. I kind of want to reread it, but I'm also burnt out on World War II, so I'm just like, the nostalgia factor will be there for me, but at the same time, I don't want to deal with World War II right now. Man. So, I eventually want you to read it, but you, not this year. Well, that sounds good to me. I can, I definitely can wait. Alright, so what's your next one then? So, jumping back, over to Mercedes Lackey, I'm going to talk about a kind of a standalone, kind of a prelude to the Elemental Master series. This one's called The Fire Rose, and this book is set actually in, like, California in the 1890s Victorian kind of feel, versus the other books are all set in Victorian England, in Victorian England, essentially. So they're all set across the ocean. And this takes place in the same world. And the couple... I mean, it's the main characters, the title characters, it's Jason and Rose. What I really love about this is, for one, one of my favorite type of stories to read is a fairy tale retelling. And this is a fairy tale retelling of my most favorite fairy tale, or Disney movie, Beauty and the Beast. Obviously, Jason is the beast, and Rose is the beauty. And Jason is a magician, and his magic went haywire. And he essentially puts out an ad and he's like, I need someone to come here who can read, you know, ancient Sumerian and Egyptian and all of those crazy languages. And he ends up getting Rose, who is a college graduate, which is very rare. She's a ling linguistics expert in like several languages. And basically, she thinks she's being hired to be a governess for his children. And she gets there. She's like, where's the kids? She's like, yeah, I don't have any kids. I need you to read these scrolls for me or these manuscripts, these documents. And she's like, okay. And so she's just reading and translating. She slowly kind of learns what's going on. 
but she never gets to see him because he's closed behind a door. And once again, once again, okay, there's no like visual, you know, attraction. Oh my God, I want him. It's all about the friendship budding into the romance. And I love that. You know what just occurred to me? The reason you yes. like the friendship into a romance is because that's what you have with Nate. I know. Precisely. <laughs> that's just what happens. I that's my fa- that's, that that's how I fell in love. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. That's what I like to read. I like to read friendships that turn into romances. And also I don't believe in the whole guys or girls being friend zone. Like sorry, friends can become your romantic partner. Y'all just need to communicate better about it. I mean, I can't disagree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's really cute that you lived it and you like reading it. Yep, I just can't help it. That's just me. <laughs> All right. Well, Abby, tell me about your next favorite romantic couple. All right. So I am not going to name the other person in this couple because I don't want to spoil this book for anybody that wants to read it. It is not a long read. It's a middle grade book. But the main character's name is Reese. And the book is called A Posse of Princesses by Sherwood Smith. I'm so intrigued. It's like you won't tell us who the romantic interest is. It's a mystery. Well, so because it's a middle grade book, it's a super slow, early relationship kind of relationship. And it's just, it's completely wholesome. And there's so much mutual respect and attraction between the two of them that it's incredibly sweet. And who the love interest is, is one of the reveals in the book, so I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Which makes it awkward to talk about why I love this relationship. But it's incredibly supportive and they see each other for who they really are rather than the massive nobility that they have to wear. Hmm. And it's just, it's such a great book. It's one of those middle grades that I've reread probably half a dozen times. You know, that's a good book. It was one that you can go back to a half a dozen times and still really like it. Well, it's also such a girl power book. And there's so much diversity in it. It's just, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's so empowering. And the romance is so sweet. I just, I love the sweet little teenage romances that don't immediately go into full makeout sessions, you know? Yep. So, I mean, that's great. Yep. So, I adore Reese. She's great. Who's your next one? So, my next one, I'm jumping back into the Crazy Rich Asians universe by Kevin Kwan, but I'm going to talk about not Nick and Rachel, who is an amazing couple, but instead Charlie and Astrid. I partially really like their story just because Astrid is such an amazing, strong woman, and I hate her stupid ex-husband and everything that he's done. Amen. And Charlie is literally just, I wish, I mean, she has her son, which is important with her ex, but I, I wish that Charlie and Astrid had been together and never she never had to deal with the other guy. Because, like, Charlie has his own company, he's successful, Frickin' invested in Astrid X's company so that he would be successful. You know, like, that's one thing. It's such an unmanly thing to do is, you know, romantic gesture that 
Charlie dumped all this money into a guy's company that he hates just because he wanted Astrid to be happy. And he knew Astrid would be happy if her husband was successful because he would stop treating Astrid like crap, which really kind of backfired. He's got worse instead. But he, he had good intentions. And then I just love his big romantic sweeping gestures, like the big India scene, which I won't mention what the India scene is, but it was like one of my favorite scenes in the whole book. Mm-hmm. He's just this really sweet and wonderful guy. And I am just so happy their whole storyline was just perfect. I'm right there with you. I adore them as a couple. I loved when they finally got together. And I wish that they'd been together through the whole series. So good. All right, Abby, give me your next one. All right. Here's a classic. Elizabeth and Darcy from Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. I'm sure a lot of people know this couple. It's a extremely well done book. There's series, there's movies, there's books that are spinoffs and do other plays on it. But I really love the original Elizabeth and Darcy. It's very much that enemies to lovers trope. And it's got to be slow burn because they're English nobility and they don't even hold hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So... They look at one another and bat their pretty eyes and maybe show an ankle or two, but that's all you get, sorry. Exactly. But I just, it's so much fun watching two very intelligent people who let their own brains get in their own way. (laughs) (laughs) You're overthinking this, stop it. Well, they both overthink everything and come to all their own conclusions and make so many assumptions, and that's where all the drama comes from. But when they actually start being honest with each other, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's a great relationship. I always love rereading it or even rewatching it. Either way, it's just, ah, it's such a great classic for a reason. It really is. Mm. It is. It's one of those that I actually did enjoy reading as well. Even though I'm not a big classics person. And when I do classics, I like to listen to them on an audiobook. I'm not a big, like, classic book reader, but man, like, I love classics as an audiobook, and this is one of the best. Everyone should read this book. I agree. Everyone should read this at least once, even if you have to watch one of the movies or one of the series before you read it so that you understand what's going on more easily. It's just, it's one of those few classics that I have read and I've actually read it more than once like physically sat down and read it more than once because I love it that much this is gonna be a random question but do you have a favorite Pride and Prejudice movie or series that you can recommend oh or which one you like the best oh okay so among Pride and Prejudice fans I am led to believe that that is a very dangerous question but I will give my personal opinion personally Movie-wise, I like the one with Kira Knightley the best. And series-wise, I like the original one. I don't know what year it was done in, but it's like it's like a six-part series. And so they took the time to really nail every single aspect of the book. And it's just so incredibly well done. It takes you through literally everything in the book. It's an almost word-for-word perfect adaptation. 
Well, it could be the 1995 TV series by BBC. That's the one. That one. Okay. It has, like, it has Colin Firth in it. Yep, that's the one. The one with Colin Firth. Yep. Yep. I've seen that one. My sister-in-law had me watch that one. Yeah, that's definitely, like, step-by-step through the book, taken straight off the page and put on the screen. It's that kind of adaptation. So, I really Um, love that one. I own that one. I was like, honestly, the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice is my favorite. I've only also read the book once. I'm not like a super Jane Austen person. And I, I just like Kira Knightley. So that's just me. Yeah. Like I said, that would, movie-wise, would be the one I would suggest. Because it gives you all of the right vibes for their relationship. Even if they don't hit all of the plot points. Because they just don't have that kind of time with a movie. Not unless they go Lord of the Rings and add some extended editions. That's what the BBC version is for. (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. All right. So tell me about your next one. Well, my next one is a book I picked up in high school. And I remember distinctly this was freshman year. We were doing Sound of Music and we needed props, like book props. And someone brought in a book. And it was called A Walk to Remember by Nicholas Sparks, but had no jacket on it. And I've never, I kind of knew who Nicholas Sparks was, but I was like, I don't know who this is. But the movie either had come out or was coming out with Mandy Moore. And I was like, well, this this could be a good book. It is one of my favorite love stories. Like, I've tried to find that same high in other Nicholas Sparks books, but I kind of don't like any other ones. Like, The Notebook is okay. Meh, not my favorite thing. But A Walk to Remember, once again, a friend to romance story. I just really love the story. I love Landon and I love Jamie. This is just another friend to romance story and this one always makes me cry. Like, God forbid I'm going to read this book and think I'm not going to cry. I'll, I, I, I should just give up on those thoughts. The story is sweet, just like young love always is when you're 17 and it's just, it's a hard book to read because you also have childhood cancer in it as well and so you have this really awesome friendship. They're getting close as a popular boy talking to the pastor's daughter. And just as they morph throughout this whole year as 17-year-olds. And I love the ending. And I love how it's all told from Landon's point of view. Which was I found much more interesting. That was from the guy's point of view. Mm-hmm. Than it was from than it being from Jamie's point of view. Yeah, I love the book. I love the movie. They just, they break my heart every time, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's such a wholesome relationship. It's so sweet. (sighs) Yeah, I like them. Yeah, if you just need a tearjerker, like, I got you the book. Here it is. Just go pick it up and read it if you haven't yet. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then watch, yeah, and then watch the movie because the movie's pretty darn good, too. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Abby, tell me your final, final choice for tonight. My last one is Sophronia and Soap from the Finishing School series by Gail Carringer. Obviously, I had to get my girl Sophronia in here somehow, and my boy Soap. They're just, I love them. I love a supportive man, and that is 100% what Soap is. Crazy schemes. He doesn't, he never questions when Sophronia needs him to do something. Like, he doesn't stop and argue. He doesn't stop and go, well, why do you want me to do that? Or why do you want me to do it that way? He just does it. And has total faith 
in her ability to plan things out quickly. And I absolutely adore that about him because there's so few people in general who can have that kind of trust. So, so it's just, uh, he's beautiful. And then Sophronia is this great, strong leader, so witty and quick thinking and constantly making plans. Her brain's always going. <sighs> they're just, they're so great together. They really are. And this is also another friendship to romantic love because they meet at the school and at first they're really just friends. And Soap for sure falls for her before she realizes she's fallen for him. But Sophronia is also very anti-romance. <laughs> so the fact that it takes her longer is not at all surprising. I love watching their journey. I love watching them grow together and finally become a couple. It's just, it was so wonderful. I love them so much. I, I cannot complain. I really have to say it was just a nice, sweet friendship to romance. And once again, it's a young adult novel, so I know that's my kind of jam. Those are my favorite kind of romance stories to read. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's your last one? Well, wrapping this bad boy up, one of my favorite books and kind of like the sci-fi, futuristic, dystopia universe is Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. Love this book. I'm going to read the second one this year. And my last couple for tonight is Wade and Sam. Once again, they are rivals and teammates and friends just turned into a couple by the end of the book. And they're both in, you know, they're both young adults. They're both in high school. They're awkward turtles. They're gamers. So their social skills are kind of crappy. And I also love that Wade never gives up on Sam, even when after their big fallout that they have. And yet they still work together and they still, everything is solved and neatly wrapped up in a package. And they reconcile at the end. And I love it. I love the final scene of the book with them. Mm, great book. Love that book. Love those characters. Love that whole storyline. I love all the references in that book. That's how I'm ending tonight. That is a good book. All right, everyone. So happy Valentine's Day. We hope you enjoyed our essentially 18 favorite romances because we doubled up on two. And we will see you again next week for another exciting episode of the Book Life Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. We'll talk to you next week. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating on the app you use or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. For a list of the books we talked about today, visit our community page on Facebook at The Book Life Podcast and search under Files. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the same name. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by Katie Benoit from her album Dominique. You can find Katie on Instagram at K, the number 8, T, B E N O I T, and on Spotify under her name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.